Hi, we're Josh and Arielle Wamsley, owners of Green Valley Tree LLC, based in North Wyndham. We're proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week and to serve the communities of Wyndham and New London counties with our tree removal and plant health care services. Visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for a full list of our services or give us a call on 860-234-4041. We look forward to hearing from you. It came in around $1.5 million over budget, but the people of the town of Griswold voted to continue with the project. We visit the new Griswold Senior Centre to find out how it turned out and what it will offer to the local community. Plus, we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. It's been more than a decade in coming and ended up massively over budget. But despite the controversy, the new Griswold Senior Centre has been built. The town, like many others, is seeing its senior population grow. And according to census data, Griswold could see almost a doubling of its seniors by the year 2040. So planning ahead with services is essential. So what did Griswold get for almost $9 million? I visited the new centre and spoke with centre director Tina Falk to find out more and why there's a slight change in the new centre's name. We still are the Griswold Senior Centre, but we have sort of rebranded as the Griswold Senior Community Wellness Centre because moving forward in this new space, new centre, we'd like to incorporate more wellness programs, Tai Chi, meditation, yoga, that type of programming, working with local health agencies, blood pressure clinics, foot care clinics, again, well-being and health. We're also joined by Dick Wilbur, who's the president of the Veterans Coffee House here in Griswold. Dick, thanks for joining us. And an interesting collaboration that's happening between yourselves and obviously the new centre. Very happy to be part of the uh, senior centre and we're hoping to, you know, work jointly with programs with the Senior Center as well as with the, uh, with the veterans group. I'm going to say veterans are a big community here in eastern Connecticut. In fact, eastern Connecticut probably has the biggest veterans community here in Connecticut. So, of course, it's vital that services are there for the veterans, but also being able to collaborate with partners, I guess, opens things up even more. Yeah, eastern Connecticut uh, does have the largest contingent uh, of veterans. I believe it's somewhere in the vicinity of 60,000 throughout Eastern Connecticut. We have approximately 30 in attendance every week, and we're only a year old, and we're looking to, you know, expand uh, some of our programming into uh, some of the health-related things that Tina had talked about. So, Tina, tell us, how important a collaboration is this for you as well? Because, as we said, it's a big part of the community, and you're here to serve everybody. Exactly. It's very important to us. Many years ago, we had a discussion about trying to start a veterans coffee house at the old center. And it was clear that we just didn't have the space that was required to do it properly. So we knew that when this center was being imagined, that we definitely wanted to bring in the veterans coffee house. So we made the connection and here we are. What I found, so many of our members and so many of the people that were attending, I've been here 18 years, and even in our small center, a very large number of veterans that could definitely benefit from this type of collaboration. 
we're going to take a little walk around the centre in, in a while. But how much bigger is the centre? Just give us the quick sort of like 60 second elevator picture of what is here at this new centre. Our old centre had just slightly under 4,000 square feet. This new centre provides just under 15,000 square feet. So we are able to provide a space for every program. Instead of them being on top of each other, the aerobics exercise program has their own room, private. We have a medical room. So it's all about privacy and being able to provide appropriate space for all of our programming. So it's almost four times bigger than your previous centre, which is incredible. Do have to mention about the fact, obviously, it did come in a little bit more expensive than you'd hoped. Was that partly to do with COVID, though? Because, I mean, this I know this is sort of like being something that's been imagined for a long time. And it was, what, 2019, I think, so sort of like the financing or whatever it was, was put in for it. Of course, you know, we're living in times now where even so like a dozen eggs cost like $8 because everything's gone up. So was that part of the problem? And also, you know, these big projects, they never do come in on budget anyway, do they? You know, there were some things that we didn't see ahead of time. But COVID, and it really depends who you talk to, but COVID definitely had an impact. Things shut down. Trades wouldn't be able to come in for two to three weeks, sometimes two months. And by the time you restarted, the price of materials had gone up. Transportation costs had gone up. You couldn't get the materials. So I think everything combined, that's where we landed. But the reality was, though, that the citizens wanted their new centre they supported it it is here it opened you had a lot of people here when you opened because it's only been open what just over a month or so december 16th we had our grand opening and we have had so many new faces coming through the door filling out new membership papers i know it sounds a bit of an obvious question but how important is it for you to see these new faces you know coming into the centre it's very important because these new faces along with our long time faces they're going to be the future of the senior center and we're going to rely on them to tell us what type of programming do they want you know what is it that they would like to see us doing for them so it's important Dick, I want to quickly get back to you. So talk us through a little bit more about the Veterans Coffee House. It's an important organisation. You said it's, it's pretty young. What is it the Veterans Coffee House does for the veterans? I'd say first and foremost, it uh, provides an opportunity for camaraderie that uh, every veteran uh, had experienced during their period of service. And, you know, most of the veterans that, uh, that attend right now are around my age, you know, the Vietnam era. And when they get out of the service, because of the things that were going on at the times, tend to become, I don't want to say antisocial, but somewhat isolated. And then with, with COVID and that kind of stuff, it just uh, enhanced that whole problem. And it allows us to, to reach out. And we've had a couple of individuals that have come who basically have said at the meetings, you know, this is really has become my family. You know, they've they lost their spouse, kinds of issues, whether it be substance abuse or whatever. And it provides a, you know, a, a homey atmosphere. And uh, I have to say that in the short time that we've been around, just an amazing group of people that have bonded together just un- unbelievably. And we, you know, look to, you know, provide information on uh, veterans' benefits. A lot of folks, when they get out of the service, never realize the kind of benefits that, that were available to them. So we try and do that. We usually have a, sp- a speaker or a presentation. Uh, once a week, uh, either on some military history or information that's beneficial to, you know, to the senior population, whether it be health-related, and that's one of the things we're, 
you know, collaborating with Tina on the senior center, those, those types of things. And we're starting to get involved in uh, some community service. We volunteer at United Way Food Distribution that the uh, senior center sponsors. We're looking to, in the spring, look at a couple of cemeteries in town and help out with some of the maintenance of that, just doing some volunteer work and, you know, just being a part of the community, being visible. It's something that I think in their hearts a lot of veterans you know, really believe in, but just shied away because there was no opportunities to do that as a group. And that's one of the things I think we're fulfilling that. I was going to say, I mean, you often hear stories about how we forget our veterans and it's all our responsibility at the end of the day. I mean, I know you just said that, you know, they can be a little bit shy, a little bit withdrawn and that's totally understandable, but it also means that society needs to step up as well and, and obviously not forget the men and women that serve not only previously like yourself, but obviously we're creating new veterans every day as well with the military and, and so many people are disconnected from that, aren't they? That's true. And, I, you know, I think it's probably like less than 1% of the population are veterans. And, you know, they tend to be, you know, sort of uh, swept under the rug in some ways. And, you know, part of our mission is to, you know, deal with that, that issue and say, hey, we're here and the freedoms that you have and you enjoy are because of the veterans who you know, 24-7, you're, you know, on duty, on call. And a lot of folks think, well, you know, I'm, I'm really not a veteran because I didn't go to war. And, and that's not the case at all. You signed a paper, you raised your hand, you're entitled to the benefits like anybody else. And you were always on call. Well, of course, I don't want this to sound passe, but we do thank you for your service to the country. We're going to take a little walk around now the rest of the centre. Just before we start taking the walk, Tina, we are actually sat in the beautiful library. Just quickly talk us around this, because this is a really nice area that we're sat in. This is a beautiful space, and it was one that I I really wanted to create within the centre. We had piles and piles of books in the old centre that really we had no place to put them. We have a book club who would meet next door at the library. They'd have to walk up two flights of stairs to meet because we couldn't accommodate them. Now we can accommodate them. We're also going to use this. If you look at this beautiful fireplace, this was in memory of one of the former town workers, Dick Breen. It was donated by the Breen family. But this is just a quiet space. And I know sometimes people will come in just simply read. We have elderly housing up here on the hill. And sometimes they'll come through and just sit get out of their apartment for a while and eventually I want to start offering support groups here. I currently facilitate a support group for caretakers of people who are suffering with Alzheimer's or dementia and I'd like to when we start meeting live again we'd like to meet in this room. Just want to point out for people that don't know because obviously where the centre is situated is way away from where the original one was but it's in a beautiful part of the town and like you said I'm looking out the window as we as we sit here and talk in the library and we can see the senior housing I mean that's so convenient for them isn't it as well you know the accessibility and as you look around it it's very very cozy lots of wood lots of glass lots of stone very comfortable sofa that we're sat on here you can see where that money has been spent and spent wisely by the looks of it. Yes. We tried to be very mindful of how the money was spent. There were some things that were cut from the project that we certainly can live without, but much of our furniture was either what we took up from the old center or there were donations even from local businesses. So we were very, very blessed in that respect. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's take a little walk around the center, shall we? This is the multi-purpose room, really. We call it the game room. For now, this is where the Veterans Coffee House, they meet on Tuesday mornings. We have a quilting class in here, art classes will be in here, Swedish weaving, and anything else new that may come up. 
can see lots of wool. So knitting, obviously, is a big thing here. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And throughout COVID, we had many, many donations of yarn. And a lot of our seniors would just knit and crochet and knit and crochet. And we just, we give it to them for free. Again, as we look around this beautiful room here, I mean, again, more wood, a little bit of the industrial going on with the HVAC, but I mean, beautifully lit. The sense of space as well. I mean, super high ceilings in here. I mean, it really is a complete departure from your old building, isn't it? So some years back, we were at a building in Hartford in the cafeteria, and I was with my co-worker, Lisa. And when I looked up, this is what I saw. And I said, this is exactly what we want because it kind of brings the industrial. We are a mill town. We were very much a mill town. And I wanted to keep that vibe going through the center. So that's what you're looking at. Yeah, so just to explain to the listeners who obviously don't have the privilege of seeing this, but of course they should come down and visit the center. It's beautiful wooden A-frames up there and lots of lovely wood. And as I say, the HVAC is, is running through there. But it almost gives like a cathedral, so like ceiling effect, doesn't it? It does, yes. So we do have a, a laundry room. We are a TVCCA Meals on Wheels site. And at the end of the week, we're always taking the towels home and dishcloths to wash. So, And occasionally, we may need to do some unexpected laundry needs. This is our medical room, and we currently have a podiatrist that comes in every six weeks. We want to start doing blood pressure clinics, and I think maybe trying to have somebody from the VA coming in periodically. We're working on that. We're going to meet with them tomorrow afternoon to set up a program for health screenings for uh, for the veterans and later on uh, with the senior community here in Griswold. Tina, so having this medical room, did you have a medical room previously in the old building? So this, you're shaking your head, so that's a no. So this obviously is a great benefit then to, to have this. Absolutely. We have always had a podiatrist that came in to the senior center and also our local ambulance, um, American Ambulance, would come in to do blood pressure clinics. We had no private space. So the podiatrist might be on one side of the room doing his thing while the card players were on the other side. Just it wasn't appropriate. So this is wonderful. Of course, everything is on one level here as well. So very accessible, mm-hmm. very wide doorways. I'm guessing that's, you know, American Disability Act sort yes. of like, you know, standards as well. Wheel- wheelchair accessible. So this is the grand room. We can hear it in the echo in your voice. I know, is, is, I know. And it is a grand room as well. This room is going to be used for, for example, our membership meeting this week. It's going to be used for large functions. We're going to be doing a valentine. Valentine's Day dinner and dance. It will be in this room. Seminars, training, so many opportunities for this room. And at the grand opening, that partition over there was open, and this room was filled from this end right up until the other end. So I know there were some comments on, you know, did they need something that large? Wait and see. If you're going to have a function, I mean, even now as we stand in this room and it's partitioned off, it's it's a pretty big room, but that's yes. going to fill up really quickly. Oh, very and quickly. like you said, because of the size of the new centre and the amount of hopefully more people, and obviously including the veterans as well, you need the space. Oh, I, I think things are going to tighten up very quickly. I, I can assure you they will definitely tighten up. And we have a beautiful baby grand piano there that was held in storage For us, we had a wonderful man, Charlie Gagney, who was our chair of the Commission on Aging, who passed some years back, and his wife kept that in storage for us for when we opened the new center. Little touches like that from members of the community, you know, who sadly are no longer here, but are still playing their part. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love it. There's always a story. There's something to tell behind almost everything that's in here, and it was important. I have a table over in the conference room that 
there was this gentleman in town, and he was a little rough around the edges, and he passed. And his family came to clean out his apartment, and I saw that they took his little dining room table, and it was out roadside. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. That's coming with me. And we kept it. It's here. Yeah, it's important. And again, just looking at this room, you can sort of hear the HVAC kicking in there, but lots of windows. Looks like you've got a fairly sizable deck area. We're not going to go out today because it's a little bit on the bad weather day, but this is amazing. Again, beautiful views as well of the town. Lots of wildlife had eagle, hawk, deer, fox, turkey, and last Friday morning we actually had a bobcat that was strolling right down on the ground over the side of the deck. So... It's something that we, we did not see downtown. Again, a very different view, isn't it, sort of thing. But again, it just adds to that sort of, you know, sense of, of wanting to come here as well. Yeah, and it's, it's peaceful, and I can, you know, the meditation out on the deck, maybe Tai Chi, yoga out on the deck when the weather is uh, better. That's what I envision. Just taking a cup of coffee or tea and sitting out on these. This, these benches were made by one of our members, Ed Stragic. Yeah, these are super wide. They're like about, what, double-wide Adirondack style. Yes. He built them higher for ease of getting in and out. So I think it, it's going to be a wonderful spring and summer here. Again, lots of personal touches. Let's move on because there's still plenty to see here as well. On the other side of this is our cafe, which is very much the size of what our cafe was at the old center. They wanted to keep things tight and intimate. So this is the lunchroom, the cafe. It's a light group today, and I think it's because of the weather. But we typically, if, if we have a bingo day, we'll end up with 40 to 50 people for lunch. Today we'll probably have about 10. And what do you typically serve? I mean, are you serving sort of like lunch and dinners? Or just give us a sense of what you're doing here. Just lunch. We work with TVCCA. We partner with them. We have an on-site cafe for Meals on Wheels, and we also deliver meals to the homebound in the borough, in the outskirts of Griswold, and also we have a Voluntown driver who delivers to the homebound in Voluntown. So it's a real sort of like 360 service then, isn't it? Sort of, you know, you can either come here and get a meal or I suppose like phone in or, or do something, order it, and then it will be delivered at some point? Yep. If you are homebound, you certainly can call in, and uh, we make arrangements through the commissary in Basra, to have meals delivered to you. And the homebound deliveries, you can have lunch and dinner. You could have two days a week, four days a week. It's very flexible. And again, it sounds like an obvious question. How important is that to people? It's very important, obviously, for the nutrition side of it. But our drivers also, if you think of it in terms of they really are gatekeepers, because for many of these people, that driver is the only face they'll see in the course of a day. And it's not uncommon that the driver will call in to the office and say, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, they're not answering their door. So immediately we're on it to see, do we need to do a well-being check? Do we need to call? Is there a family member? So it allows us to follow up on concerns or somebody's not behaving the way that they should. And there was some cause for concern there. I've had people who have fallen and were not found until, of course, the Meals on Wheels driver was able to find that out. So it's important. So we're walking now into a very industrial kitchen. In fact, a lot of restaurants, I'm sure, would love to have kitchens as gorgeous as this. Talk to us a little bit about this, because this is new for you, isn't it? Oh, this is very new. We had a kitchen in the old center that was less than 400 square feet. And there were some things in there that really weren't up to code. But the health department understood that we were going to rebuild. We didn't have a three-bay sink. 
We do now. And these are all requirements. The volume of food that we turn out here is huge. We'll do over 10,000 on-site cafe meals, and I know they do over 15,000 homebound meals per year. It may not look like a lot, but there's an awful lot that goes out of here. We have membership dinners. We try to do them once a month. When we put the tickets out there, 90 tickets sold like that. So this really is something that we needed. We never had a nice machine. We do now. This is going to be wonderful for, like, our membership dinners because we're able to serve this way. We had two tiny little gas ovens. We'll be able to have a salad bar down there in the summertime, which I think is nice. And it appeals to those seniors who are on the run. If they don't want to have a TVCCA meal, they can have something a little bit different. So we're going to be doing that. Yeah, we're looking at a very good quality, so like stainless steel and glass servery, which is also, from the looks of it, it's heated as well. So that's sort of like grab and go. Obviously, it doesn't matter what age you are, if you just, as you say, if you just want to quickly pop and grab something, I mean, that's just ideal, isn't it? Well, we have a line dancing class going on right now, and they'll come over and they'll, they may have already signed up for lunch, so... It's convenient for everybody. In the old center, we had a series of stand-up refrigerator, 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 freezer, freezer, freezer. Which ones belong to TVCCA? And we shared all of them, but they were just lined up. We now have one walk-in cooler that we use with TVCCA, the convection ovens that Dawn prepares the daily meals on wheels in, and we have two refrigerators. TVCCA uses that one. We use this one actually freezers i'm sorry so we don't have that loose stand-up equipment around anymore no and again and like i said just looking at the specifications of these freezers they're beasts and and again you can see like you said it's a code thing now so this is where money has to be spent so when people are saying well you know why does it cost so much well i'm sure these cost a pretty penny so it's all it's all part of it isn't it It is. And every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, we do an awful lot for the community here. And we we provided Thanksgiving meals for families in town. So we had all of these donations of turkeys coming in, and we were trying to find freezer space down at the old center. Now we don't have to fight for freezer space anymore. Same thing with Christmas. We try to provide Christmas dinners for families in town, and this allows us to do it so much better. Tina, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking us around this brand new, and it really is brand new, because you can almost still smell that new senior centre smell about it sort of thing, because, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And obviously, congratulations on getting this. I know it took a long time for it to happen. Of course, COVID didn't help as well, but uh, it certainly is a centre that clearly was needed, is needed, and I think the people are very lucky that they have it here in Griswold. Thank you very much. I think we will make Griswold proud. And I think that as time goes on, we'll settle into something great for the town and we'll do great things for the town. So thank you very much. And if you're a resident of Griswold or the surrounding area and want to see the new centre, it's located at 220 Taylor Hill Road in Jewett City. And details are also available on their Facebook page, Griswold Senior Centre. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council.
Green Valley Tree LLC is proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week. Contact Green Valley Tree LLC for all your tree removal and plant health care needs and more. Find us at GreenValleyTreeWorks.com or call 860-234-4041. Time now for a look at other stories making the headlines this week. Seaside, the former sanatorium in Waterford, is finally to get redeveloped nine years after becoming the newest state park. The Department of Energy and Environmental Protection, DEEP, released details about the $7 million investment of federal ARPA money that will be used. Mason Trumbull is the deputy commissioner for DEEP and said Seaside will now join other state parks as part of Governor Lamont's $55 million funding package to upgrade them all. Talcott Mountain in Simsbury to Gillette Castle to Harkness, which is right down the road from Seaside. One of the parks that we were adding to the list is Seaside State Park, and we're using some of the federal ARPA dollars that were assigned to us as part of the uh, Restore Connecticut State Parks Initiative. We'll be investing those dollars in the, this passive park concept at Seaside. Trumbull said the historic buildings on the site, though, will have to go because of years of decay and neglect. Regrettably, the historic buildings will have to come down. We're looking forward to working with the Friends of Seaside State Park and the local community to find the best ways to mitigate the value of those historic buildings and memorialize the memory of those buildings for future park users. Seaside was also a children's hospital and was closed back in 1996. The state purchased Seaside in 2014 and former Governor Malloy made the site a state park, but several attempts to redevelop it over the years failed. Deep says the recent COVID-19 pandemic has fueled the public's interest and use in state parks and federal money from the American Rescue Plan Act has given them the means to fund Seaside's redevelopment. Energy prices both here in the state and around the world continue to dominate the news. And while Connecticut elected officials want to import hydroelectric power from Canada, one group says that option wouldn't be as environmentally conscious as it might seem. Edwin J. Vieira from the Connecticut News Service reports. Hydropower turbines are known for injuring or killing the migrating fish that pass through them. So environmental advocates feel other considerations must be made, especially as the U.S. moves further on the path toward renewable energy. Rhea Drisdenko with the Connecticut River Conservancy notes some of the dam operators do make adaptations for fish populations, but they could be doing more. There are things like fish ladders that help those migratory fish get from the river to the reservoir above, but a lot of those Fish ladders were made like 20 years ago, and they aren't actually as effective as promised. She adds, updating the fish ladders would be an option. As Connecticut residents face rising power prices, Drisdenko says her organization sees importing hydropower as a temporary solution, with costs that go beyond a person's electric bill. They'd also rather see local solutions instead of the state outsourcing its power needs. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has announced an historic $800 million in grant awards for 510 projects through the Biden administration's new Safe Streets and Roads for All grant program, including six grants for communities in Connecticut. The initiative provides funds for regional, local and tribal projects from redesigned roads to better sidewalks and crosswalks to help prevent deaths and serious injuries on the nation's roads. Out of the six Connecticut grants, Eastern Connecticut was awarded two. 
The Lower Connecticut River Valley Council of Governments will receive $240,000 and the Northeastern Connecticut Council of Governments was awarded $160,000 and Governor Lamont attended a groundbreaking recently at Foxwoods Casino to celebrate the start of construction of their new Great Wolf Lodge Water Park Resort as part of their expansion plans. The new resort will feature a 91,000-square-foot indoor water park and will be located on a 13-acre site next to the Foxwoods Casino. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at Connecticut-East.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East this week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms on demand and by asking your smart speaker to play Connecticut East This Week podcast. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Thank you for listening. 